You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A, the show you're listening to right now. Buffalo Bills are back in the facility at One Bills Drive. All 81 players on their active roster have passed multiple COVID-19 screenings to be allowed in the building. They do have a handful of players on the COVID-19 reserve list. Right now, there are five players that are on that list as of right now, but safety Saran Neal should come off relatively soon. They can still stay 81 players as they continue through the early stages of training camp. And when players are activated off the COVID-19 list, they can be added back to the roster, but the Bills will have to release a player in order to stay under the limit. The Bills can have 81 players on their roster because of the Christian Wade exemption from the International Pathway Program. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405 as we're starting to get into some roster battles at training camp during the ramp-up period. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages, lots of ways to get in touch with the show if you just send in your questions for next week's episode. I wanted to start with some clarifications from the last couple episodes. Uh, Brandon Bean met with the media on Sunday, August 2nd, and went through some answers to some questions that we've been getting over the last few weeks. So I wanted to make sure that we circled back to those to answer those. And uh, I think the biggest one was about the practice squad eligibility and the protected players that are going to be on the practice squad. Bean made sure to mention that there's going to be a time frame after games end on Sunday before Tuesday at 4 p.m. where every single player on your practice squad is going to be open to be signed by another team. So some folks have been talking about protecting players and thinking that it was a seven-day protection. It would go from you know the end of a game to the end of the game the next week. And that's not going to be the case. So the Bills, when we did our um, roster projection before training camp, I had the Bills keeping three quarterbacks on their roster and then Davis Webb on the practice squad. And I've been seeing lots of other Bills fans, at least at that time, saying that the Bills should just keep two quarterbacks on their roster, uh, Matt Barkley and Josh Allen, and then put Fromm on the practice squad and protect him. The Bills aren't going to do that. If, If those players aren't protected seven days a week, there's no reason to expose Jake Fromm especially this season with the COVID-19 problems that are potentially going to crop up. There's no reason that they are going to be or should expose him to other teams on their practice squad. Maybe keeping Davis Webb on the practice squad is fine, but putting Jake Fromm on the practice squad and thinking that you can protect him for 17 weeks of a regular season is just not going to work. So, 
that's going to determine how the Bills you know, go forward with this. Yes, they can protect players from Tuesday on, meaning that they know those four players that they protect on the practice squad will be available for a call-up that Sunday. But it's not like they can protect them indefinitely. As soon as the game is over, another team can put in a waiver claim and get that player before the 4 p.m. Tuesday deadline to protect a player for the following week. It's about keeping guys that are ready for that week's game, not keeping guys long-term. So I wanted to make sure I brought that back to you, the listeners, uh, so that we could actually have that conversation going into the roster cuts that are coming at the end of August. The Bills can't play, or, or any other team, can't protect players indefinitely on the practice squad. Every week there will be a new chance for a team to sign those guys off. So if you're hoping to stash an Isaiah Hodgins or... Daryl Johnson or, or some other young player because you have quote-unquote protected practice squad spots, it's not going to happen in 2020. You have extra spots and those guys are going to get called up frequently because they've already been in your testing program. And that's the other thing I wanted to mention. When Brandon Bean was talking about the practice squad, he said that even if you sign a player off another team's practice squad, so the Bills sign a player off, let's just use the Jets practice squad because they're in another state that has a very low infection rate in New Jersey. If the Bills sign a player off the Jets practice squad to bring them to the Buffalo active roster, that player still has to have two negative tests four days apart before he's even allowed in the building. So what Brandon Bean said on Sunday is that if you sign a guy off a practice squad on a Monday, he might not even be able to practice with your team at all because by the time his second negative test came back on Friday, your your, sec, your last practice is probably already done or maybe you're in a walkthrough, so you're not even really practicing, quote-unquote practicing. So it, it really is going to be difficult to add players from another team to your roster because of that four-day turnaround time. So if you're low at a certain position, you're going to have to elevate them from your own practice squad because you don't have to go through the testing. So that's why the uh, practice squads were expanded this year. That's why your practice squad is going to be so important in 2020 and mining that lower um, end of the roster talent. is going to be so important in 2020 and long-term looking at it. Uh, you have to have players at positions of potential need on your practice squad and always have a list of guys that you can add at any point in time to that practice squad just to get them in the building so that they can pass their COVID screenings just so they can be ready, maybe even for the next week's game. So there's a lot of really good information. I'll put that in the show notes for the article. But Brandon be talking about those practice squad changes and a lot of other things during his press conference on Sunday, and I wanted to talk about it because we talked about it last week uh, when we were talking about the um, the 53 men roster projections, and and folks, especially around Jake Fromm and protecting him at the backup quarterback spot. Another frequent topic of conversation on Buffalo Rumblings Q and A is what to do with Cody Ford, and I'm on record saying that I think that they should be building him to be the long term right ta- right guard, not right tackle. I don't think he has the lateral agility he needs to to be a really successful right tackle in the league, where he could be just a mauling right guard in the NFL. Well, John Feliciano was injured over over the last week, and instead of the Bills moving forward inside to maybe develop him as the break guard of the future. Um, they didn't even just stick with who they had on their roster with Daryl Williams and Spencer Long 
uh, and Evan Bame, who all have starting experience in the NFL. They went out and signed you know, a multi-year starter in Brian Winters from the New York Jets, who was uh, released this week. So the Bills are doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on Cody Ford staying at right tackle. So that leads us into our first question this week from Mormon 2020 who says, Remember when Davis Webb was released by the Jets right before the start of the season and the Bills picked him up? Looks like it happened again with Brian Winters. What do we gain with this guy? Well, what Mormon 2020 is talking about is that the, the Bills were able to sign a Jets quarterback right before they played the Jets in week one. And so people talk about Belichick doing that all the time, but the Bills were able to get this um, inside information on the Jets last year before week one. And now Brian Winters, who's been in the Jets offseason program all year, gets to come in and tell the Bills what to expect from the Jets, who is again their week one opponent. So they get that kind of intel. They get to understand what the Jets are trying to implement, what changes the Jets are trying to make this offseason so they can stay a step ahead of them. But they're also getting a solid serviceable right guard who is a lot like John Feliciano in a lot of ways. He's um, kind of a bigger prospect. He's um, more of a mauler. He doesn't have like fleet feet or anything like that. So Winters comes in and he's able to step right into the shoes of John Feliciano, who could be out for three months, maybe even longer to get his strength up. Um, and, and now he doesn't have to rush back, John Feliciano, that is, from his uh, torn pectoral muscle. So the Bills have multiple options at guard. And this seems like it's the Bills just continuing to build depth, continuing to build depth. And you're probably going to see the Bills make a trade at some point over the next couple weeks of one of those interior linemen that I just mentioned. Um, I've been predicting it's going to be Evan Bame since the start of, um, well, really since Bame was, was signed. I just, he was traded last year uh, in the, kind of the same situation. The Bills were able to pull off trades the last couple of years in the same situation when they had these um excess interior offensive linemen and other teams are looking for them. So I just expect the Bills to be able to turn around and trade one of those guards at the end of training camp. Um, and with the addition of Brian Winters, they don't really need to worry about the the long-term implications of it on their season because they have a guy that can step in and play for John Feliciano now. Then Feliciano can come back later if there's another injury or he can work his way back in we haven't seen Winter's contract yet, so that could give us a little bit more inclination as to what their longer-term plans for him are. But at least for the 2020 season, he's a guy that can step in and provide stability at a position that the Bills need right now. They need a solid offensive line. I don't think he's like going to come in and be you know, a pro bowler or you know, the, uh, some guy that can come in and make some huge difference. But if he can come in and just be serviceable at the position and allow them to execute the rest of their offensive game plan, you can't have all pros at every position. You can't have pro bowlers at every position. But if you can have a guy that can come in and not miss a beat because he's a veteran in this league and has played a lot and not be surprised by what he's going to give you, I think that adds a lot to the consistency that the Bills can bring to the table in 2020, which has kind of been the hallmark of what we've been talking about all offseason with them. 
is that they have so many returning guys. They have so many guys that can play in this league that we're not really worried about whether they're going to be able to make that transition from the virtual offseason to the actual in-season, at least not mentally. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the actual virus and testing and all of that around the league, but you know that Winters can come in and just play well and play serviceably. So that's what they're getting from him. Uh, thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Rumlinks Q&A. We'll be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Before the break, we were talking about the signing of Jets guard Brian Winters and, uh, we got into that conversation because of some Cody Ford talk too. And I think it's important to circle back to that real quick here for a second. The bills are really, really pushing Cody Ford at right tackle. They weren't even entertaining the thought of moving him to guard so much that even though they had three right guard options, they went out and signed another one just so they wouldn't even really be tempted to move Cody Ford inside to guard. So the Bills are keeping Cody Ford a tackle. Um, I mean, this should really stop any questions about it uh, or me advocating for it, uh, even if if we want to try to keep doing that. The Bills, at least for this offseason and 2020 season, are going to keep Cody Ford at right tackle, no ifs, ands, or buts. And that might change at the 2021 NFL draft, but for now, it's going to be that Cody Ford is, you know, the leader in the race at right tackle right now um, because they want to develop him there long term. It's still unclear if he's going to be able to get there, but that's where they're doing. And I just wanted to say that before we moved on to our next question. At Jeremy Turk 13 asks us over on Twitter, would you train Robert Foster in the meet? McKenzie role on offense, considering Foster has a higher upside and plays special teams. I wouldn't train Foster in that um, necessarily. I think uh, Foster has longer speed, not that quick twitch speed that you need in the short area of the field when you're coming across in that jet sweep motion. Um, I do think that they're going to try to incorporate some of that into either uh, John Brown or Stefan Diggs uh, this offseason to keep them moving laterally um, and just get the ball in their hands, uh, specifically Brown. They're going to have to create ways to get him the ball because uh, Stefan Diggs is going to suck a lot of oxygen out of that room. But um, I, I don't 
foresee them taking Robert Foster and doing that. Uh, now, Foster does have great special teams abilities. It's why I think he's going to make the roster uh, because they're going to need a punt gunner, and I think he's very good at that. Um, and, of course, McKenzie has a role as well, but you know, if his role is so limited, even though he had a really nice number of catches last year, it was on those little jet sweep passes where Josh Allen throws the ball like six inches forward and McKenzie catches it and runs with it in the short space. I just don't see... Foster in that role necessarily. Um, you know, he was an undrafted free agent out of Alabama for a reason. And I mean, just, I, I don't know if we want to be like crafting ways to get him the ball. Like we want to be crafting ways to get, say, Cole Beasley or John Brown uh, the ball or Stefan Diggs. I just think you're taking away Foster's best aspect of his game, which is his long speed by by putting him in that short area of the field and asking him to make defenders miss. I just don't think that's his game. But um, we'll, we'll see what they try to do with a multitude of receivers during training camp this year. They're going to have to figure out who to keep without having preseason games, and I think that's going to make a difference. What they've been able to do in the past certainly is going to make a difference. But uh, I just don't see that role for Robert Foster, even though I do think he, he should make the roster. Thanks for your question over at Rumlinks Q&A on Twitter. Our next question comes from Tony Madaliano at T Madaliano on Twitter. And it's in response to one of the articles we wrote uh, this week when the Bills shut down their facility after their fifth positive COVID-19 test and they sent their rookies home. The rookies were the only players in the building at that point in time, um, mainly because other than the guys getting treatment, they were, the rookies were the only guys on the practice field at that time. Uh, during their acclimation period, they reported first. Uh, so Tony asks us, um, did they not test the rookies until they arrived in Buffalo? Uh, does that make sense? They could be bringing it into the state. You'd have to think they'd be tested before coming here and then again when they arrived. Uh, so what Governor Cuomo, that's the New York State governor, for those of you that live outside of New York, uh, but... What the governor said is that professional athletes were exempted from the two-week mandatory quarantine of people traveling to New York State from whatever it is. I think it's 39 different states now uh, that have mandatory quarantines when they come to New York. So um, a guy comes from Florida, a hotbed of COVID-19, uh, comes to New York State. Instead of self-quarantining for two weeks, the bills are testing him on the first day. Uh, for the rookies, that was, uh, I think it was Tuesday, July 21st. Then they're testing them again three days later or two days later. Um, so they went Tuesday, Friday. Uh, and then um, once they have that second negative result come back the next day on Saturday, or, um, if they have a quick turnaround time on that Saturday, then the rookies can be allowed to take their physicals and eventually get in the building. So they're going through a multi-step process to get into the building. Um so I guess that kind of answers your question both as a yes and no, Tony. So did they test the rookies before they got to Buffalo? No, they didn't test the rookies before they got to Buffalo, but they did test them twice, at least twice, before they were allowed into the facility. So it's kind of a yes on both sides of your question and a no. They don't test them in Florida, then have them fly to Buffalo and test them again in Buffalo. Um, they just test them when they get here. So they, they're, they're tested on day one of training camp, which was uh, two weeks ago for the rookies and a week ago for the veterans returning. 
then they get tested a couple days later. Uh, if both of those tests are negative, they're allowed into the facility for the physical and, um, and, and the regular meetings and workouts and everything like that. Now, as you saw with Saran Neal, uh, changing the subject a little bit off the question, but as you saw with Saran Neal, he received a negative test first, then he had a positive test, and now he's been tested every single day after that, and he's come back negative on every single other test. So what they're assuming is that they had a false positive with Saran Neal. They're going to keep him home a few more days and continue to test him uh, to make sure that um, he can come back into the facility with no problems. But as part of the agreement with the NFL and the NFL Players Association, uh, if you have multiple negative tests following a positive test, you don't have to wait through the entire two or three week quarantine period uh, that people that are self-quarantining because they've been in direct contact with a COVID-19 patient or they've themselves tested positive for COVID-19 have to go through. So it's... Um, Saran Neal should be back pretty soon because of that, because um, he, he was tested uh, negative after testing positive. Having players test positive is a good thing. It means that they aren't getting into the building, hopefully. And um, right now it's okay, but once we start getting into training camp and the regular season, uh, we need to see those tests bottom out. We need to see zeros across the board. Uh, we've seen other leagues really struggle with that unless they're in a bubble. The NHL and the NBA have... You know, been very successful. Major League Soccer has been very successful in keeping the coronavirus outside of their bubbles. But as you've seen from Major League Baseball with the Cardinals and the Marlins, multiple players on the team are being infected by one or two um, super spreaders. And in a Bills or an NFL locker room, there's a lot more contact even there than there is in the Major League Baseball clubhouses. So uh, it's definitely concerning seeing what's going on in Major League Baseball. But those players aren't tested before they come uh, to the state. And actually that comes back around um, to the first thing we talked about with Brandon Bean saying it's going to be difficult to sign players off of other teams' practice squads because of that lag time. Because you need four days or five days to turn it around from when you sign a player to when they can actually play for you. Like Brian Winters isn't going to be on the field for a while. Um, he can't pass his physical. So the Bills haven't had to make a corresponding roster move in order to quote-unquote sign Brian Winters because it's not official until he passes his physical. So they have a couple days to wait while he passes the COVID-19 screening and, uh, and gets in the building. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, Tony. A few housekeeping things. The Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network is over 500 episodes long now. Uh, you can go back through our entire archives if that's something you're really interested in, but I just wanted to give a shout out to all the other podcasters on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network for hitting that 500 podcast uh, milestone. Uh, millions of downloads. Um, it's just been such a great um, pleasure to work with other people um, on the podcast network headed up by Anthony Marino. So, so kudos to all those folks. We've got a bunch of training camp articles over at buffalorumblings.com. Uh, we're back into full season mode where we're just like throwing content out there as fast as we can get it out there. So make sure you're checking buffalorumblings.com. Also, it would really help us out if you could tell a friend about either Buffalo Rumblings Q&A or any of the other shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. If you listen to one of our shows religiously, tell a friend about it. Tell a couple friends about it. Uh, tag us on Twitter. We would love to interact with you there. Which reminds us, uh, 
As always, you can get your questions in for next week's episode. Call or text us at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsqa on Twitter. That's with the word and spelled out. Email us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook messages or Instagram messages or post your questions in the show notes over at buffalorumblings.com when the show posts every Tuesday. Or you can go into the header at the top of the page and search for our podcast and uh, our show will pop up in the search results. We need your questions for the show to work, so make sure you're sending those in. Thanks for listening this week, and go Bills! The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.